0: Sabina and I are so we- delighted to welcome you all to Oris and and we hope that you're enjoying the afternoon. We prayed as hard as we could, and the, the, the rain stayed away. I also want to just immediately say uh, how it's an additional contribution uh, to have just heard what Nora has to say. And I want to say um, that she, she is, there she is, over, Fajaro, the but uh, I, I want to say how it adds an enormous amount to our event this afternoon. I'm so pleased that your mother was able to be here be, be, be here as well. <laughs> well, the, this is Garden Party number 5 of 2017. And uh, our season of Garden Parties is a very, very special time. Uh, we... We'll welcome all together four or five hundred people on each of eight occasions, and it's very much to recognise those who citizens who are contributing in a particular way to Irish society in acts of citizenship and solidarity. Now this afternoon... Is very special because we're joined by people who are not just people who care, but people who are proactive citizens and whose altruism is not just felt, but it is delivered with great generosity of spirit and it has made an immeasurable benefit, been of immeasurable benefit and enrichment to the lives of others. And it is that that, if you like, defines what is a good community or a good society, and it is that that is inspirational to people of different generations in the task of creating a better world, and I think that here in Ireland, no more than in other parts of the world, despite the many challenges of the contemporary moment, we have as a people, thankfully, remained at heart a creative, resourceful and warm people with a a firm sense of common decency and justice. And I think this is often reflected and spoken about on radio and television and in the media, when in fact, in terms of the proportion of the population we represent in Europe and the world, Ireland is always there out in front in terms of responding to humanitarian disasters. But if that is, in fact, our global sense of generosity and responsibility, as Sabine and I travel around the country since I became president on the 11th of the 11th, 2011, again and again we meet people in communities who are working in an inspirational way, uh, providing support, services, and above all else, the hand of friendship uh, to those within our society who are in special need of care or assistance, and for whom such solidarity makes a huge difference in terms of contributing to their capacity to participate in society. There can be no doubt whatever as well, and it's something that is... (coughs) Constantly recurring in my own thinking, very much, is, I think, in a speech recently, I said the best way of defining a society was as a community of vulnerabilities. And there's no doubt that how a society treats its most vulnerable citizens is a reflection of its moral core. And I think, therefore, running right through since that day in November, I've been trying to suggest that an inclusive republic is the only meaningful republic one in which all citizens are treated with equal dignity and respect and are empowered to participate in our democracy. Now, if we are to achieve the goal of a true republic then and give expression to the vision of universal human rights, then we must stand with and embrace those of our fellow citizens who are most vulnerable and who sometimes, frankly, suffer the greatest exclusion. So I'm delighted to welcome all of you this afternoon who support people through difficult times, and often not through difficult times in one period, but over very long periods, be it through serious illness or disability, be it through addiction, homelessness, domestic violence, unemployment, the many other challenges that are there that darken and shadow so many lives. If people are to come out of those shadows, it is very important for them to be able to see the light located somewhere, and that's what you do. I think that as well it is people like yourselves who are providing the building blocks to construct the strong and compassionate communities that, as I've said, define any true republic. And let's be frank, that is an unfinished project. It's something we have to continue to test ourselves against that standard. And your presence here today is a reminder of the many quiet and unsung acts of kindness that take place every day in towns, villages and suburbs across the country, of the listening ear, the practical assistance, the advocacy so important, the fundraising, the hardest task of all, and the many other demonstrations of solidarity that are such a vital lifeline to those who found themselves in situations where they are vulnerable or have been pushed to the margins of society through circumstances. I think as well I was thinking about it as well, I've used the word kindness. I remember many years ago being in Vietnam and finding out something that was quite extraordinary. And that is that all those words that end in the double S's, kindness, goodness, softness, were much more in use in undeveloped countries, so called, than there were in the Western countries, where in fact the language had become harder. And to use these words with the double S ending would be regarded as somewhere or another being soft. But that's for another day. Thinking beyond the self is what is involved in ethics of any kind. Issues, too, of intergenerational justice. Not just the the self in a particular generation, but we're, we're reminded of our obligations to future generations. Intergenerational justice, the importance of climate change, of sustainable development. These are the great challenges of our time and I'm very grateful to those, some of them who are here, who are working to create a more ethical and sustainable life and to ensure that we treasure this fragile planet for our own and future generations. But your work is vital to the building of a more democratic and just society, reminding us that while significant decisions have been taken at conference tables that are sometimes commented upon around the world, each and every one of us carry the responsibility of making a contribution to creating a cleaner, safer, better, more inclusive world. So I want to thank you for all the work that you do and for the the contribution you make to the creation of that fairer and more equal society. Now to something very important. February saw the launch of a year-long campaign, Share the Care, launched by Family Carers Ireland. And I am delighted that they're with us today and joining me at the table there are the Carer of the Year and the young carers and all of you, but all of you who are caring in different ways, you are so welcome. But that campaign is aimed, that campaign Share the Care, it's so well-worded aimed at highlighting the vital role of carers in Ireland, and the very many of you who are invited here today, I know that you represent some of the hundreds of thousands of people who every day in homes across the country are providing generous care for parents, children, partners, or other family members or friends. Share the Care contained a fundamental message when I read it first, that nobody should care alone, And that caring should be a shared responsibility between a number of partners and parties, and including the state, because voluntary efforts must never be considered a substitute for the responsibilities of the state or public responsibilities. (laughs) These are very important messages, and ones too often overlooked by a society that may be benefiting so much from the quiet altruism of those many thousands of citizens who spend their days and nights caring for one another. That of long-term care for our ageing population is it's becoming ever more clear. Now, the most—I I, just—I won't bother you much with figures, but there is one that is striking. The recent census figures showed that 4.1% of our population now provide unpaid care with over 6.2 million hours of such care being provided every week in this country. Now that's an extraordinary resource in my view and the responsibility of the state should be Not to see that as a substitute for its responsibilities, but as a grace resource in itself to put alongside, as it were, uh, the state's exercise. But I'm delighted, therefore, to have an opportunity, as Sabina is too, of acknowledging this quiet, sustained work of the many unsung heroes who provide critical care for family members and others. You know, in the 30 years I was in the senator, in the 23 years I was representing Coral West uh, in the Dole, very often coming uh, to my advice centres every week, people that things that used to break my heart occasionally were girls who would say, I don't mind what we're doing, but what will happen when I'm gone? And this is something that should immediately alert everybody who is, in fact, in charge of public policy to ensuring that that great concern is lifted from people. The altruism, I think, therefore, uh, I think the altruism, the generosity of all those who support fellow citizens is uplifting. But it is important, however, that all of our citizens as a society be challenged by their actions and sacrifices. Take it as example. There can be no doubt that while retaining and valuing a spirit of concern for others and a willingness to offer our time and support to those who are vulnerable, it is essential. But we need as a society to invest in public policies and provide resources that can reduce the burden on those who care for loved ones. We have to put ourselves into the position of those, for example, who may be in receipt of a diagnosis, and they look at the long stretch of years and days and nights in front of them. And we need to be able to say, you will not have to do that alone, and that is what share the care is about. I think, too, as caring state, the building of such a state is the responsibility of all citizens a caring state won't grow from nothing, but it must be founded on the expression and action of concerned citizens who not only visualize a democratic society, take it for granted perhaps, but they must make a case for it and support its realization. And they must be willing to fund it and support those who call for such funding because it is the right thing to do, and it is long term <laughs> rather than short term. This work and the efforts of all those who, in so many different ways, enriches and supports the lives of so many that need help and are vulnerable, forms a vital component of our society. Seeing ourselves as a community of vulnerabilities, having a reputation... For not for example, it is very important of being a society that does care is the best contribution we could make to reputation internationally. So today is a very welcome opportunity for Sabine and I to express our deep appreciation, our admiration directly to some of the citizens whose work and contribution is and has been greatly enriching the lives of others and the many other people around the country that you mirror and that you represent. All of you play your heroic role in creating this just, ethical, and democratic republic of which I have been speaking. I thank you for the work you do, quietly, neither seeking nor receiving reward or fanfare. How often I heard it in all those decades as well when I was in the door of the here, The people saying all we wanted was respite, for example, and the long struggle that there was for even the minimum that is there. I thank you for being citizens of whom we can be very proud, and from whom we can learn so much, as example, as we speak to create a society that is just and fair and founded on the spirit of true solidarity. So, this afternoon, you must enjoy yourselves. And I want to conclude my first skirk and coalition made the I want to thank all those who've worked so hard on behalf of the AURUS to make this a wonderful occasion for you. I want to say a special thank you to our MC native of the Phoenix Park, Nora Kese. <clears throat> our talented entertainer. Uh, Arthur Green, who has been you've been listening to, on piano. St Patrick's reading brass band, playing beautiful music from Kilkenny. Nikol Tori Tratashunter, traditional musicians call him a harragon, Ruria Lane Clark. Somebody with a noble name when it comes to pipe music. Fikra Potts on paper. Tara Viscardia Harpist. Maverick flotist Flutist. <laughs> Mis amigos de Havana Club Trio. Felicidades <laughs> en el Músico de Central. David Keenan. Wyvern, and Lingo. And people who will get you all going. The Riptide Movement. couple <laughs> of Sabine and I are greatly looking forward to seeing more performances in a few minutes. But on my own behalf, on your behalf, I salute the hard work, the unfailing good humour culinary skills, the patience, I get lots of letters complimenting them from our own staff here at Oris and Oogteron who make all of this possible. (laughs) My thanks to the OPW for all of this and more, to the Civil Defence, our friends from John of Gods who help us with the programmes, the Defence Forces, our Gashka volunteers, The sound is provided by a maestro himself, D and his team here. All that remains is for Sabine and I to hope that you have a wonderful afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your time here. Thank you for coming.